Good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. <clears throat> I like that place where you read, Daniel. Trust in the Lord and do good, and you will be fed. That's, I like that verse. It's good. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Because your desires will be... Um, will be according to God's will. <clears throat> so, this morning, um, I would like to talk about doing good. Maybe that's kind of why that verse stood out to me, trust in the Lord and do good. Um, <clears throat> one part of that doing good. My thoughts have went a couple different directions. There seemed like there was lots of things um, that I could talk about, and um, <clears throat> different things, different places in my mind was going. Um, but it kind of, kind of stemmed down to one thing, maybe. Um, I was reading a book recently, and it was talking about our purpose here and why I'm here, why we're here, um, and why we're here as a church why God has ordained church. Um, and the big picture of that. <clears throat> and specifically, how God wants us to relate toward others in the church and outside the church. Um, so there's a couple questions that we can ask ourselves and that we should. It's good to. What should we be doing and how should we do it? And are we doing enough God wants us to do more. How should we communicate with people and how should we communicate right things, say right things, and not say wrong things? That's a big thing. <laughs> Our words are very powerful and it's, yeah. God wants us to say right things. Our, underst- our other understanding, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to portray by my words and by my actions as well. Uh, we can and should do a lot of things. You know, God wants us to do a lot of things. Um, I think that's... Um, mark of, the Christ, of a Christian is what he does, pretty much. Um, we should ask this person how they're doing, and we should have these people over sometime, and we should... Oh, we should remember to pray for these, this situation because um, these people need prayer and those people need prayer and um, what could we do to help out and so much stuff we could do. But what does God really want of us? Does he want us to just do these things? It's good to pray. We shouldn't be faint in praying. But, um, and it's good to do good deeds to other people. But is that really what God wants of us? Is that the bottom of the matter? One uh, simple question just kind of stuck with me in this book that I was reading. It's a very simple question. But I guess I just kept thinking about it or my mind kept coming back to it like maybe I needed it. (laughs) Uh, I think there's a deeper root cause. Um, Well, that's more... (laughs) when we're talking about something um, 
maybe not so good as a root cause to this situation. But I'm going to look, I'm going to look at it as um, a root cause to something better, <clears throat> so a good thing, and something that comes before the performance of those things, uh, before the performance of deeds and good, good deeds that we can do. And this is something um, I was just reading over, or kind of thinking about and reading over Jesus' life and his example that he left us here on earth. Um, and this is something that he did a lot of. He had a lot of. And um, see, all throughout his life, and it was displayed very clearly by his, what he actually did, by his deeds and actions. And his disciples saw it very clearly because they wrote about it. Well, okay, so not, I guess not all the Gospels. I think about the Gospels. And a lot of the Gospels wrote a lot about this um, attitude that Christ had. Not all of his 12 disciples um, wrote the Gospels. I think there was one or two that um, another, like Luke, was not one of the disciples, per se. Um, but he still saw it. Something they could really write about, and there's like confident, is a declaration um, that they could just write about it, and that's how it was. There wasn't really any question about it. This is how Jesus was. Even though Jesus didn't hardly say it of himself. And it's one of, our, one of the greatest tests of our Christianity, um, and will affect our actions. This is the second um, in the ultimate list of what God wants us to do. You can turn with me to um, Mark, sorry, Luke 10. Luke 10, starting um, in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in law? How readest thou? Or what do you understand? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. That was pretty simple. Jesus just said, isn't that simple? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love the neighbor as thyself. But this lawyer was like willing to justify himself. It's good to ask good questions. He said, and who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love as myself? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest to that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. He was a little bit better. He came and actually looked at him. But he still passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I am come again, I will repay thee. Which now these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. This is a really common um, story about the Good Samaritan. There's um, just a lot of... Um, is there an organization called Good Samaritan or just Samaritan? I'm not sure. There probably is if you look it up. Um, but that's just, yeah, the Good Samaritan. We all know of the Good Samaritan. But he really did something good here. A good deed. Um, so this question that kept coming back to me, it wasn't a big list of things of what we should do and how we should do it, um, or are we, are we doing enough? But um, it's beyond all of those things. It is, do I care? Do you care? Do you really care about people? Which is a title, I guess, of a meditation, Do You Care? The Good Samaritan here cared for the man that fell among thieves. The other, well, it says right here, um, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Do I have compassion? Do I care about others? So, when he saw him, it seems like something just came out from within him. He had compassion. He cared for this man. And it actually did a lot of good. It did a lot. He didn't just say he had compassion and then went about his way like the other righteous did. <laughs> or the people that thought themselves <clears throat> to be righteous. <clears throat> they... <clears throat> um, Sorry. <clears throat> they were righteous. They tried to be righteous. They thought they were good, but they missed what was actually right, what was actually important. They didn't care. They just went by on the other side. <clears throat> I had to think of that. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> I had to think of that passage in Jude, um, or the little verse. It says, and of some having compassion, making a difference. The Good Samaritan had compassion, and it made a difference. It made a big difference to this one man. <clears throat> so Jesus said, then at the last of the verse that I had read there, go and do thou likewise. What was he meaning? Does he mean that whenever we see somebody that's been beaten by thieves and they're wounded and half dead, we should help them out and bring them to an end? I don't think he's meaning specifically that. Um, He didn't just say, he wasn't saying that, go and do that likewise to do exactly what he did. But I think maybe what he was meaning more deeper was go and do that likewise. Go and care for people. Go and have compassion on people. And out of that compassion, out of that care for others will flow um, good deeds flow good things.
Jesus was full of care for others. This is was referring to that Jesus, all his life, um, his disciples confidently wrote about it in their Gospels. He showed compassion, showed care for others. <clears throat> a few um, of the just specifics where Jesus had compassion in Luke 7. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the buyer, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And the mother was not a little comforted. She was much comforted. <clears throat> but see here, it seemed, yeah, whenever I wrote, read over passages like this, I was like, yeah, Jesus had compassion on the people. But he actually didn't say it, that he had compassion. This was his disciples writing that Jesus had compassion. It was like so black and white that Jesus had compassion. <clears throat> Matthew 9. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And in Mark 1, this is, um, I believe, when Jesus came over to a certain country, and there's wild... Hmm. No, this is, this is just a leper coming to Jesus. <clears throat> um, and Jesus moved with compassion. Oh, I think the, the um, leper man said... Jesus, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And in John 11, um, this is when Lazarus had died, and Mary was coming to Jesus. She came out and met, met Jesus as he was coming into town. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. So this was maybe more of um, Jesus' love for Lazarus. But he also says he groaned in the spirit and was troubled when he saw Mary weeping. It touched his heart, and he cared for her and for her sorrow. He had compassion on her. <clears throat> so that was the one in each of the uh, Gospels. But there's lots of other places where it talks about Jesus had compassion. And he healed the sick and um, opened the eyes of the blind. <clears throat> there's only two different times that Jesus himself actually said that he had compassion. Um, or at least that I could find, there was one time where he said, well, okay, so it was the same account in two different Gospels. Um, he said something, oh, I think he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they are scattered abroad as sheep and have no shepherd. And then another place where he had healed someone and he said to go and... Well, I think show yourself to the priest. Maybe that was after the leper. After you healed the leper. Um, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gifts for cleansing and then go 
and tell of what great things God has done for you and how the Lord had compassion on you. So there he said himself, Jesus said that he had compassion, or that the Lord had compassion on, um, on this man. But it was because of his deeds that the disciples were so convinced that Jesus really did have compassion, and a lot of it. Although they, before they were converted, they did actually doubt his compassion, his care. Um, when they were out on the sea, and there's big waves, he was sleeping, and they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Because it seemed like they were going to perish. It seemed like they were going to die. <clears throat> but Jesus' reply was, Why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. How is it that you have no faith? Why did you doubt my care for you? Because Jesus does care for us. He cared for them. But they didn't have faith. They didn't actually um, believe, I guess, that Jesus cared for them. But they did have faith afterwards, after they were converted. Um, In Acts, you can definitely see a lot of... um, a lot of things they did that were evident that they had faith. Lots of faith. So if you're still there in Luke, um, I'm going to read the rest of that chapter. Luke 10, 38 through the end. <clears throat> now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at, the, at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was comforted about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Um, Here Martha said, Dost thou not care? Don't you care that my sister left me alone? She was doubting God's care too. And if you do care, you should tell her that she needs to help me. Because I, you know, aren't we here to serve? We hear Jesus came not to serve, but to serve, to minister, and give his life a ransom for many. So it's a good thing to serve, right? You should tell my sister to help me. But Jesus, contrary to what... um, Mary, sorry, Martha, was thought he should do, or thought, contrary to how she thought he should respond to show her care, Jesus showed here that it was most needful to learn of him, to sit, as, to sit at Jesus' feet and learn his real care for her. God cares about us. He really does, even if um, maybe we think we should be doing something or um, we need, yeah, we need to do all these deeds to show others that we care for them. Jesus still says that it's more important to learn of him and understand his care for us because I don't think we can truly care for others until we understand, until we feel, until we receive God's care for us.
Mary hath chosen the good part which should not be taken away from her. So if we take time to meditate on God's word and learn of Jesus, I think that care will come out of that, the care for other people. We must care more than just how somebody's day is going, um, but care about their spiritual well-being, care about their, their spirit, their soul. There is a lost and dying world out there, and do I, do we for real, care about their state, about um, their eternal destiny? Like when Jesus purged the temple, when will, that, when will the zeal of thine house or the zeal of God's kingdom eat me up in caring for others? Wouldn't that just be great if we'd all be um, eaten up with care for others and love and compassion? Not that we need to be full of care. We need to cast all our care upon God, for he cares for us. But we need to, um, <clears throat> we need to care for others, have compassion on others. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says that there should be no schism in the body or no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. This is kind of going into um, caring for others in the body. It has, there's a few um, verses about that. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And in that passage in Jude, and if some have compassion, making a difference. So this book that I was reading, um, Do I Care? Do You Care? It was talking more about, um, about like the outside neighbors, outside world that aren't um, part of our church. And do I care about them? Do I really care? But I think... It's plain by the scriptures as well that we need to care one for another in the church as well. And I think if we do have Jesus' care in our hearts, we'll care for um, the people around us in the church and also for those outside. So this is maybe kind of a one-sided view and study of God and who he is because he is very much a God of compassion. He has had lots of compassion on me and on us, but he also has truth. And, um, yeah, I can't bring everything together or bring the balance to everything. Um, But it says that Jesus was full of grace or compassion and truth, full of grace and truth. He definitely had a lot to say on truth aspect as well um, and showing compassion. Maybe the starkest example of that, um, speaking truth and showing compassion at the same time, is uh, in Matthew 23. You could turn with me there, if you would like. So most of the time when I think of Jesus speaking truth is when he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes and telling them that they need to shape up (laughs) because... They really thought that they were righteous, but they really weren't. A lot of them just did it for show. So in Matthew 23, 
Um, beginning of the chapter, Jesus talks to his disciples and to the whole multitude and says, whatever the Pharisees and scribes tell you to do, you should do it, but don't do after their works, for they say and do not. All their works they do for to be seen of men. And they love being praised of men because they wanted, they wanted to be um, high and well thought of. But that is not how God's kingdom wants, should work. It says in verse 12, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. And then he goes into a lot of um, specifics. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. You don't go in, neither do you allow others to go in. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold the more the child of hell than yourselves. One to you, blind guides, which say, um, you just swear, you can swear by one thing, but you can't swear by another thing. You can swear by the altar, but you can't swear by the gift that's on it. And he's like, which is greater, the gift or the altar? Or which is greater, the, the gold or the temple, which sanctifies the gold? <clears throat> and I didn't count up how many times he says this. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay tithe and mint and anise and cumin, but have omitted the weightier matters of judgment, mercy, and faith. <clears throat> And he keeps hammering on it. It seems like a long time. Um, but then <clears throat> Jesus' care does come out in verse... Well, let's start in verse 35. <clears throat> that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. Oh, sorry, 34. Maybe it would bring a little bit more um, wholeness to the sense of what he's saying. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. That upon you may come all the righteous blood... <clears throat> shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. He's talking to this generation, the scribes and Pharisees at, at that time. <clears throat> o Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them with which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chicks under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Here, Jesus is talking to the scribes and Pharisees, and he's just saying, woe unto you, because you're hypocrites. That's just how it is. But then he says, um, how often... He still had a heart of compassion. How often would have he gathered them under his wings as a hen doth her chicks? <clears throat> he wanted to comfort them. He wanted to be there for them. 
but they would not. Jesus didn't have very good things to say about the people that were trying to be righteous, who have a form of righteousness, but deny the power thereof, and deny it by what the inside is like. So another question that came to me, um, I guess it kind of fits in, would I, would I like Jesus if he would be around here? Would he have hard things to say to me? Would he say that I'm a hypocrite? You know, we have nice friends that we like. Um, and would he be a nice friend? Or do, would, do you think we would not like him because of what he has to say? Would I get along with him? <clears throat> Am I righteous on the outside but only only on the outside and actually not on the inside. We do need to be honest about who we are because the simple question of do I care is this very searching one. Do I really care? Making clean the inside of the cup. And do I care? And the outside of actually caring, of it carrying out the care, um, will be the cleaning of the outside of the cup. It will be evident of what's actually inside. So in Matthew 9, um, it's talking about sinners eating with Jesus. And he being full of compassion after the... um, I guess I could just turn there. After the scribes and Pharisees said unto Jesus' disciples, Why does your master eat with publicans and sinners? <clears throat> but Jesus heard that, and he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So just didn't come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Um, sometimes, and in thinking of would I like Jesus if he was around, um, sometimes I think, well, does God want us to all be sinners so that we like him? I don't think that's what he's saying, because um, if you think of Martha, that was no, Mary, that was um, doing what was needful, it seemed like she liked Jesus. But I wouldn't say that she was necessarily a sinner. I, mean, we don't, I guess I don't know too much about her life, but she would seem righteous, in my opinion. Um, but she still loved Jesus, and Jesus didn't seem like she, he had hard things to say to her. So I don't think we have to be sinners in order for Jesus to, in order for, for us to um, appreciate what Jesus has to say or love him at all. We just have to realize that we had been sinners and that he had mercy and compassion on us. <clears throat> and be willing, humble, and willing to accept what he has to say and not, um, not reject it, because we will reject it if he is exposing light, exposing light into our lives that we don't want if we aren't clean on the inside. The difference between uh, Mary and Martha, maybe, was that Martha saw her own need. She saw the need of the important things of learning from Jesus, the need that he must increase, but I must decrease. 
which only comes by taking time to look at Jesus. And out of that looking to Jesus and understanding his care for us, we can extend that care to others. And also, um, in this passage, do I really care about the sick and the dying like Jesus did? Would I be okay with them coming and eating with me? We can't just have compassion. We have to have truth as well. But we do have to have compassion. Do I really care that much? And I do confess that sometimes, I guess, I don't talk as much to um, outsiders as much as I should, but to you all, um, I know sometimes I don't, not everything that I have said has been out of compassion and out of a loving heart. Second greatest commands, I shall love thy neighbor as thyself. And sorry about the times that I wasn't, um, didn't have care in my heart. But I'm striving that way. <clears throat> in Matthew 21, it says, The kingdom of God will be given to a generation... This is talking to the righteous again, that, or the righteous, the scribes and Pharisees that um, saw the, thought that they were righteous. The kingdom of God will be given to a generation that brings forth the fruit thereof. And those who fall on this stone shall be broken, and they on whom this stone shall fall will be ground to powder. And are we, am I, bringing forth the fruit of the kingdom of God, or for the kingdom of God that he actually wants? Um, the fruit of caring for others and um, of humbly breaking myself for the profit of others so that um, if because if we don't break ourselves for the profit of others if we don't care for others the stone Jesus will come and grind us to powder and we won't Escape the damnation of hell. <clears throat> so hopefully that was encouragement. Um, it's just something that I've been thinking about and um, meditating on. Do I really care about people? Because <clears throat> Jesus cares for us very deeply. May we show that care to others.